Welcome back to Life in All Chapters. My name is Amanda Henson and this is... Brandy Tabor. Today we are going to talk about emotional health. Yes. This is a biggie. I'm telling you, it affects everything about you. It does. It does. You know, and everything about you affects it. Which is so true for all the topics we talk about. It is, but... You know? Oddly, none of them are really more important than the other. They're all like... Right. And one could be... One could cause illness without affecting the others, but it could also affect the others. Yeah. And the other areas could be off without affecting one area, but it could also be off and affect that area. So it really just depends on you as an individual how those little ropes connect and don't connect, you know? Exactly. So, well, let's talk about us and our emotional health, and this this could be a roller coaster. <laughs> Mom, mom called the other day and she was, she's like, I really enjoy the podcast. And I guess she had listened to one of them. We had talked about our childhood and she's like, I laughed and I cried with you guys. And I was so proud of how, you know, how we came out of all that. And I knew then that that was hard on mom, but I was a kid and not realizing how, emotionally traumatizing that entire situation was as an adult woman taking care of two children who you're also trying to help get through something emotionally. Not to mention the fact that Christopher had his own trauma. Yeah. And I hope that's okay that I, yeah, it is what it is. It is so, it is. but it was different for him and he was just as much, if not more so a victim than we were. And I, I think more. I agree with that because I actually think that, in all seriousness, and I say that as an adult now and as a mother now, I truly believe that that whole thing was more traumatic for our mother than it was for me, anyway. I can't speak for you. I think I think it was more residual. That's what I mean. Like, if you looked at, like, the amount, like, the whole... Because the thing that we had to deal with was terrible. And the thing that our Hers mother had to deal with... multiple roles and because multiple aspects. I'm in no way claiming that that was her fault, but... She, as a mother, I get it. You feel guilt even when you deep down know it's not mm-hmm. your fault. You, so you have that guilt. What if, should I have all yes, that what, stuff? What, yes, yeah. it, which she doesn't need to feel. But I, I understand that she felt that because I would feel the same way. And mm-hmm. I have felt the same way. Um, and then she also had that, uh, because a certain person was, or their family was important in the community, she was ostracized from that community. Because mm-hmm. how dare you attack our family? We are above you. Yeah. So she felt trampled on more than, more than, mm-hmm. you know, and we, we didn't know enough to feel that way. And it's accu- not that we weren't. Accusations of defamation of character and. Absolutely. Um, slandering Absolutely. names and things like that. And, and it's not that, that we weren't was, affected. We, we just didn't know about it. We were into that, that we were liars and we were this and we were that. But to us, we didn't understand what that meant. No, I mean, but it was traumatizing, was but it was. Yeah. So I was sitting there, but I, I was really, I was really proud because when we first started this journey, we didn't know if we were going to talk about that. And yeah. I think it just kind of came out naturally, which I think so. I think most of our podcasts do. That we it just, is. It's pretty organic. We just kind of, you know, here's the yeah. topic and then we're way over here, way over we're there. We're not very good at being fake. No. So. <laughs> we're not very good at being on topic, but no. we do. So to me, when you, when I think of emotional health. And then I think about mom telling me how proud she was of us and hearing about... And for those of you guys who don't know what we're talking about, you're just going to have to go back to some of our 
our season one, listen to those episodes. It we kind of give you some backstory on ourselves, and you know we we get in deep into our childhood in some of those episodes, and you'll learn quite a bit about what we're referencing in those. But I'm not gonna revisit all no, that in this episode. In all honesty, like insert generic childhood trauma here. Right. I mean, because it, it could relate. be yeah, it could yeah. apply to any yeah childhood trauma. So, but. So when mom brought that up and she's like, I'm really proud of how you guys, this to me has helped me more than any amount of count. Well, what little counseling was available to us. And that was at no fault of mom's either. We had that conversation and it just wasn't available. It still isn't as readily available as you would want it to be to the demographics and the socioeconomic standing that really need it. And even in our current era um is it more so available yes oh yeah yeah. is it is there more evidence behind what we do yes there's there's more support there but it is nowhere near what it needs to be to fully support the development of a child the development of an adolescent the development of an adult and a healthy productive adult it it's not there exactly and the other thing is everybody should be born with a counselor yeah and they don't they don't offer any that I know of. They don't offer enough family counseling because, oh. you know, as a mother, you want to help your kids get through something, but you don't have the tools to do so unless you're equipped with some, with some sort of family count. It's like when you go to physical therapy and they give you exercises yeah. to do at home. How often does your, does a, does a counselor do that to a parent and said, you know what, this is what we do while we're here. Mm-hmm. These are some things that will work for you to do with your children. Do you know, I was listening, I wish I could, I'm sorry, I can't credit this person. I, as soon as it comes to me, I will credit this person. Oh, what is the girl's name on, she's on the genius movie, it's a sitcom show. Are you talking about like the Big Bang Theory? The Big Bang Theory, okay. she is. Are you talking about Miriam Bell, Bell Doctor, what, yeah, whatever. Because yeah, I don't know her she's, name. She's actually... Yeah, she's super a neurosurgeon. intelligent. Yeah, yeah. yeah. neuroscientist. So she was on her podcast and she was talking about when your kid's crying and you say, you're okay, you're okay, which is the first thing I do when my nieces fall and bust their face or, or even my older nieces are crying about, you're okay, you're okay. In this moment, you're fine. But she said, that's so confusing to a child because in the moment they don't feel okay and they're scared or they're hurt, something's not right, and you're saying you're okay, you're okay, you're okay. How confusing is that? And I got to thinking, I'm like, I'm 40 years old. I've been saying this to children, all of my nieces, all of my great nieces, all of my my stepkids, probably my dogs, my husband. I've traumatized everybody with you're okay. (laughs) Well, don't feel guilty. We all do it. The reason I bring it up... And I I I don't even know how to validate for her for that, but it made sense what she said. So, but the reason I bring that up is because I'm gonna be forty years old, and mom is so mad when she listens to this because she hates us referencing our age. But no, mom, well, sorry, that's life. Um, I'm gonna be forty years old in eleven, twelve, thirteen days, something like that. Something like that, and. I am still learning how to not project my traumas and not project my ideas and my values and what I think is okay and re-traumatizing or newly traumatizing other people. 
I think that's something we all struggle I with. I, I mean, there are probably people that have it mastered. And I actually have a pretty good hold on not pushing my values onto others. I, I can I can love you no matter what your I values are. I can even disagree with you 100%, but still respect yours. Yeah. But I'm learning how but to I'm catch not myself yeah. better. And so my point is this, is why are we not born with somebody to say, chirp in your ear, hey, what about this? Think about this. Because that's a small birth canal. I mean, you can only get, you can only get so many people I mean, out of there at once. The, um, the human psyche would involve so much better and at a more rapid scale and our consciousness would evolve beyond where we're at now if we just had a more palatable compass i don't disagree with you but you have to speak to the the powers that be yes and also i mean it's your audience so, is only... So the point is, get the help where you can. Yeah. It, no, and I mean, not everybody could... Yeah. I'm not even going to go there. Yes, not, not everybody, everybody can, can master that. Right. Life is well, hard as it is. It is very hard. And I think... But I, my point is this, is that we're not going to be born with a counselor. We're not going to have a verbal compass and moral compass telling us what to do, how to do it, how to correct when we've done something wrong. So the best thing you can do is pause and do get the help when you realize you need help, right? Yes, and speaking of that, and I feel like this pertains to emotional health and the fact that, you know, that that moral compass that you're talking about, you know, that uh, the way people feel. That gut instinct, or yes. I mean that I, I don't know if you want to call it a gut. Are we instinct, talking but about I mean, more like personal values and beliefs compass? I feel like more of a values and beliefs compass. Well, mm-hmm. and actually, a lack thereof, because I feel like as a society, we've kind of evolved to where we know what right and wrong is. But if if it makes us feel good, we think it's good, and that's oh. not necessarily the case. Not I everything gotcha. that makes you feel good is the right thing. Right. You justify it because, well, it makes me happy, so it must be okay. Yeah. That's well, not necessarily avoiding true. Conflict, conflict makes a lot of people happy, but how do you exactly. deal with problems in your marriage? And that's my point. And, yeah. and I, but I do feel like as a society, well, but it makes me happy. It must be okay if it makes me happy. This is this is who I was born. This is how I was born. Yeah. And when I say that, I don't. I'm not talking about like sexual orientations or anything like that. That's completely off topic. Okay, makes a lot of people happy, That's my but point. it's pretty wrong. That's my point. Or like uh <laughs> you'll find that when your septum's got a hole in it. Yeah. And I'm I'm a very honest person. And some people find that abrasive. What they don't realize is I actually keep that in check. Because I well, because I don't I'm not share laughing at you. I know. I'm just imagining some of the times I thought, "Whew." And you were in check. <laughs> well, and the reason I said is because I I would never say anything hurtful if there wasn't a reason. If you've asked me my opinion, obviously I'm going to share it with you in a truthful way. But I won't share my opinion with you if nothing will come of it. Is I was, what I'm saying. Like I it may feel right to me. Look, like, I can tell you that you're being wrong right now, but what good does it do? It doesn't help. Yeah. I was thinking about you the other day in this and how how yes, you're in society as a woman, you are considered abrasive. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So, but that's because in society, as a woman, you should be a nurturer and you should be, you should comfort. And that's what the societal image of a woman is. So society is not used to 
that interaction. They're not used to that abruptness from a female specifically. And we expect a certain level of politeness in Midwestern society, right? Yeah. You know, so that's why we feel like, you know, when we moved to Florida and we had little New York and you have a little more abrasive culture and more abrupt and in instead of ending a conversation, the phone gets hung up. Well, that's natural. They're not being rude. No. It's, it's just, just culture. Exactly. But it's very, it's a shock to your system when you're used to Midwestern politeness. And I was sitting there, and I don't remember what I was thinking about. I, oh, me and TJ's anniversary. So 12 years, married. And I thought, how the heck did we get here? You know, and I remember when we got married, and Dad was like, Dad and Laura said, I, I guess I asked Dad if he if he honestly approved. And they both looked at me and they looked at each other and you know, Laura spoke up because dad's That's how she is. That's yeah. that's they've already had this conversation. He's the only one that's gonna be able to handle you. And I it it never really dawned on me what that meant. You know, it was a kind of a joke. You know, he would stand up to me and he would tell me no and things like that. But he would also be tender and give me what I need is what I thought it meant. But I was sitting there the other night and this is where you came in. I'm like, our relationship has evolved into Amanda's attitude because we will be very blunt with each other now. And in the beginning stages of a marriage or a relationship, you want that sugar coated. Yeah, tell me I look great. Kind of, you know, even if I look like crap kind of thing going on. Yes. But if for your relationship to maintain and to grow and to be strong, you need somebody that's going to be straightforward and to the point. And that's what we've evolved into. Now, there are times where we will sugarcoat things and ease into a topic well, when they inv involve certain things. Like even if I I'm, do that. If I'm telling him, no, you can't buy any more guns or a car, yeah. then you have to ease into that. You <laughs> yeah. can't just say no outright. You have to... Yeah. You know, play with it a little bit. But when it comes to certain things, like in all seriousness, spending a certain amount of money, no, we should not do that, and here's why. Exactly. Either one of us is very blunt. Um, I want to do this. That's not good for you. You've been setting these goals. Remember that. And it's not a reminder that something's wrong with you. It's a reminder that I'm here to support you. And if you don't allow for that what's considered abrasive to become normal, it's going to remain a feeling of abrasion. And in my opinion, and I, I know I'm biased on this because I'm very blunt. But I need, I think we need to quit saying that because it sounds like an apology. That's true. No, I, it is, it's, it's, it's not point. what I'm going to tell you. just be you and let the world start getting used to that. And it will actually evolve women into that being acceptable by us and for us. And I will tell you that my friends and family that love me, Accept me for exactly who I am. Right. And I feel like they actually enjoy the fact that I, I'm i not lying to them. I'm not mm -hmm. sugarcoating anything. I love I it. I set clear boundaries for yeah. myself. And I expect you to set clear boundaries. That's that's where I'm at with that. The, the good thing is I'm giving you the freedom. And your emotional set... health is so much better since you started setting those yes. boundaries stronger. And. I, and I'm giving you that opportunity. Mm -hmm. I set these clear boundaries, and you, you can look at me and you say, you know what, you're right. Mm -hmm. No, no, thank you. These are my boundaries, and now I feel okay about telling you what they are. And I actually struggle less with telling people no because of you. Well, thank you. 
because, well, you're one of the people that I feel very comfortable saying, no, I can't do that. I don't feel like, like maybe, yeah, you do carry some disappointment. Who wouldn't if you well, need help and you can't get but it? But disappointment is not but, anger. But it's not resentment. No. And it's not frustration towards me. It's frustration at a situation where you needed help and didn't get exactly the help that you were looking for. And that is understandable. But I don't feel like you're angry with me. I don't feel like you're upset with me. So it, it taught me that saying no is okay, one. And it also taught me that that person's response to me saying no is not my business. It is a direct reflection of what they're going through, not what I'm going through. So I'm going to need you to quit apologizing for it, even not directly apologizing for it. Because I think when we make excuses that I'm just an abrupt person, this is my demeanor, um, this is, you know, you're not really apologizing outwardly, but you're kind of saying... I'm just different, but we need to just let it be what it is and let it become more acceptable for women to be that way. And men. I'm not discluding men, but... And I feel like I'm very accepting of other people. I I mean, I may not... I have... There are people that I do not like at all. I'm not going to sugarcoat it. I do not like them, but I respect who they are. I see that they add value to the world. They're not my enemies. They're just not my friends. Right. And I don't feel like it's wrong of me to set healthy boundaries. And I am sorry if it offends other people, but like you just said, I cannot control how they react. I'm not sorry because I've done anything wrong. I'm sorry that you can't accept my boundaries. Yeah. And I feel like in in, in our society today, we are expected to do a lot of things that used to be considered a man's role. Oh, yeah. And then... People genuinely wonder why we also take a man's role when it comes to setting boundaries and being assertive for ourselves. You know, some people would call me spoiled. And in a lot of ways, I'm absolutely a spoiled brat. I pretty much get what I want when I want it, whether it's because I worked my ass off for it, if it's because my husband did it. I'm not spoiled. I set clear boundaries. I set goals. I achieve those goals. I expect other people to... Treat me the way I allow them to treat me. Mm-hmm. That doesn't mean I'm spoiled. It means you're not setting clear boundaries. If if I'm getting better treatment than you, you need to set better boundaries. You need to set expectations up for the way that you'll be treated. Mm-hmm. Do not tear me down because you're being treated poorly. Right. And that's what I feel like is happening when people are at me about being aggressive. Not really aggressive. I'm just not. I used to get that a lot too, though, because I do have a strong demeanor. I have a strong personality. You do. I get very passionate about things. And just like shyness can be misconstrued for snobbiness, which would often happen to me when I was younger because I was very reclusive. I didn't talk to a lot of people. And when I did, I was very awkward. But a lot of people took that as snobbiness. And it got me into a lot of fights, actually. Yeah. Well, because it's offensive because it's... Part of you is like, I'm not a snob because you're not a snob. I, where was my worthiness is what I thought. And, you know, I'm not I'm not of your class. I shouldn't talk to you. Or um, I don't have the backbone you have. Why would we be friends? You scare me. <laughs> you know? Like, <laughs> yeah. But it all, it all got 
projected onto me that I was a snob or that I was this or a bully or whatever. And really, I was the most awkward person, didn't know what to say or do. And so now I think as I grew and I grew into myself and into my profession, the exact opposite was said was that I was overbearing and that I was um, too passionate and I was I was too much. Well, if I'm too much, find less. Amen. Period. Yeah. Because in my mind, and I've noticed there's times where my husband looks at me and he's like, ooh, she's on it, you know? Yeah. And that's, that's, there are times where he's put me in check and I'm like, ooh, I was on it. Like, yeah. I need to back off of it. But yeah. that's a good balance. And, but he's never made me feel like I was too much, that I was too passionate, I was too aggressive. Now, he's like, you might want to calm down and think about this before you proceed forward. Mine too. But... That's a good partner to me. It, well, it wasn't why. condescending. It wasn't like you're, you're being too aggressive. But there have been times in my life where I was too passionate and it was mistaken for aggressiveness. Exactly. And I'm not being aggressive when I get loud. And this podcast is a perfect example because I overtalk you all the time. Part of that is ADHD. I interrupt people. I finish your sentences. I finish your thoughts. I, I, I get excited about what you're excited about. And then I run the show. That's you. Did, you signed up for this, and you that's knew who that. you are. And I love you exactly <laughs> for who you are. And that is what we need to so, do when we want to talk about you know our emotions. We need to. We have to have control of our emotions, right? And they're going to get away from you sometimes. That's a, a normal thing. But overall, I feel like I have fairly good control over my emotions, unless I've been whiskey drunk, which I just recently was and acted a little bit of a fool. But I've been there. You know, it's not even that I was wrong. It was my approach was wrong. My delivery was wrong. But, you know, those are things that I have to reel back in because it's a work in progress. Right. We're all a work in progress. And, and we're going to falter from time to time. We yes. absolutely are. And, and if I was you're perfect tell you, and you know it, then tell us a secret so we can laugh at you about where you're wrong. Amen. <laughs> Amen. And what I was going to tell you is we all felt that way about TJ. He's the only one that's going to handle you. He's the only one that can... <laughs> He's like, you know handler. <laughs> But that's how they feel. That's how they feel about Jerry. Yeah, that's true. A woman like me has to have a strong man. Yeah. If I have a weak man, I will run over that mf'er like that <laughs> dude. If you see you by, I mean, I would destroy him, and and that's why weak men don't like me. I don't. Ooh, I do, I like that. and that's the truth. Yeah. But weak men do not like me because I can overpower them. I am overbearing, mm -hmm. but it's only because. You can't do anything about it. Yeah. I will say wrong. the majority of the people that I've ran into that have always that have had comments or problems with my level of passion, my level of intensity, or even how I handle a certain situation or my demeanor in a situation, usually those people are very rapid to succeed from the position that they are in, if that is yes. a good way to put it yes um whether they succeed physically and they're gone from that position or they are just becoming to make them if they make themselves scarce around me yeah or around where i'm at or whatever i can always tell and i think that's a good way to put it that yeah. The weaker a person is the harder they have trouble and they have a place in this world i am in no way yeah. Diminishing them to, to put, you know, this yeah. is where I am. 
and this is where they are, and there are people that see value in them. There is value in what they do and can do. There's a woman out there. Is different. Yes, there's a woman out there that they will love and that will love them back that's perfect for them. Mm-hmm. And they don't we have to like me. <laughs> there are friends out there in this world that are perfect for them. You know, this brings it's us to something me. totally different, and I'm off subject from that's emotional okay. health, but maybe it plays in. So I've been struggling with something a little bit, you know... Do you feel, and this is just opinion, do you feel there is a hierarchy in not societal setup of hierarchy classes or, you know, hierarchy of a gender or anything like that? You mean like, like survival of the fittest? Well, do you believe that maybe there are people that are more enlightened, that there are people that are more evolved than others, and do those people hold more value to the human race than someone on the lower end of that hierarchy? Um, That's a multi-part question. Okay. So I'm going to answer the last part Answer the best way you can, because I'm not really sure I expressed No, you did. You did, and I love it. It's a great question. I'm going to address the last part of that question first. Mm. Well, um, the first part is yes, there is a hierarchy. Okay. I do not believe that any one portion of that is any more valuable or less value than the other. I feel like... There is a place for, we all have a place in this world. We all have our roles to play in this world. And every single role there is needs to be played. It's, I mean, if you look at like good, evil, neutral, mm-hmm. they cannot exist without the other. Right. All of those different roles need to be played. Mm-hmm. None of those roles, well, some of them are evil, technically speaking. But anyway, my point is they all have value to this earth. They all have value to this world. We were all put here for whatever reason we were put here. And I'm not even saying that you were destined a role to play, per se, as you maybe choose a role to play. But every single person has a value somewhere. I don't think I've ever met a person that didn't have a value. So it's not a hierarchy based on value for you. It's more of a hierarchy based on knowledge, wisdom. Exactly. And I will say that there is still a place for everybody. You can look in somebody's eyes and tell you where they are at. Mm -hmm. I mean, genuinely. Have you ever looked in somebody's eyes and you can tell that they need the psych meds? You've looked in somebody's eyes and could tell that they probably had an IQ that was a real low number. Mm-hmm. And have you ever looked in somebody's eyes and could tell that they just knew things? Yeah. I mean, you can tell by looking in somebody's eyes where they stand in that. Okay. And But so that doesn't mean that anybody's more valuable than the other. But it is. So it, it's, there's, there's a scale of probably wisdom and emotional intelligence. And there's a scale there. But it doesn't make one more valuable than the other. And the higher you are, the more humble you should be because you need to recognize the value of those above and below you. Because it's a chess game. Yeah. Huh. I mean, that's... Very interesting. Chess was based on life. Yeah. And it's a chess game. There's a... We need a pawn. I don't even know why I asked that. It just... It came up the other day and I was struggling with like, well, we're all equal. Why are we Why are we fighting about a hierarchy? Why do we even care about a hierarchy? But then I was like, wait a minute. Who are the teachers if the teachers don't have people to teach? There has to be a hierarchy. But does the hierarchy continuously shift? But who's is more the important, next question. the group of students or the teacher? Well, this many or this one? But isn't it... So if the... My point is there is no more important. Yeah, there's no more important, but... Wouldn't that hierarchy shift continuously because what you are the teacher in one thing, you will be the student in another. It does. It depends on the room I'm standing in. Right. So it's context. It is context. And I don't, I have, I'm sure at some point in my life I've thought I was better than somebody. 
I'm sure oh, of it. I'm sure there's times, probably on a daily basis, I get my judgment hat on and then I have to stomp yes, it on the exactly. ground but, and put myself in check. But if I, if I dig deep down, and I mean, if I think of just the raw how I feel about society, I am not yeah. better or worse than anybody else in this world. I'm yeah. different. I'm me. I add value to this world. Do you think that's maybe the key to emotional intelligence is realizing that you and the person next to you have the same and similar struggles, but you have opposite struggles. You have the same and similar directions, but you have opposite directions. And just realizing I hope so. they're on a journey that they're spiraling on a rock in the middle of never, ever ending space in what we assume is time, but is also man-made, we think. And we're not really sure if we're flat or round. We don't know and anything. <laughs> we know nothing. And that's and that's a beautiful thing. Yeah. Of all so, the times that we, we are alive, it's this time. I think that I, I was talking to the girls at work um, today, I think, about turning 40. And one of our girls just turned 30 not that long ago. And I was like... First off, we did our episode on age. Yes. Um, and uh, age, um, what was what Discrimination, was like um, uh, ageism. Ageism and age value and that yeah. um, last season. And we talked about that a little bit. And I said, and one of the girls brought it up and she said, age is just something, like what you feel at your age is really what society told you you should. Yeah. And it is. And I think that that's the same thing with your emotions is that, yes, with age, wisdom comes, and that comes with understanding your emotions better. And sometimes, you know, physiological changes, hormones and, you know, stress hormones and, you know, gender-based hormones and all those fluctuations can cause re emotions to be harder to understand. And we get better at controlling that as we get older and understanding as we get older. Thank goodness. Could you but imagine... I am so glad to be going into my 40s because I think, how much did I learn in my 30s? And now I have more of an emotional grasp. Not that it's perfect. I still lose my crap. No, but I feel like you understand. But I start to recognize it faster. If I'm spiraling or if I'm catching a feeling I don't understand, I'm like, what am I feeling and why? Well, and you said Before I would have just felt it. You understand now that it's not for you to, it's it's up to you how you react. Mm -hmm. So acknowledge, acknowledge the feeling. Don't live there. Find out what it means. Yes. Whether it's someone has passed away and you're mm -hmm. sad or somebody just offended yeah. you, whatever it is, you need to get a hold of those feelings and figure out what they mean. And whatever you're feeling is okay. I think that too. And the other thing I think people need to realize when it comes to emotional health is that we tend to associate certain life events to an emotion. So sadness, the death of a loved one, the death of a dog. Well, when we feel that emotion again, those memories come flooding back. Yes. So not only do you need to learn to tame the response to that emotion, you also need to learn to tame and deal and face the memories that are attached to it so that you don't spiral into this year after year, feeling after feeling of utter doom because those losses are normal in life. And sometimes they are very tragic and more tragic than our neighbors when we put it on a scale, you know, the societal scale of how tragedy is weighed, yeah. which I don't believe it should be weighed. Your tragedy is yours and yeah. that's what it is. 
but sometimes it is more tragic on a scale and that's sad but it doesn't have to make you live in that emotion that is exactly what i tell my kids whenever something is sad or they're mad or whatever emotion that they're having i tell them it's okay to have that have that emotion swim around in it for a while mm-hmm. see how you feel you know, weigh it out because maybe those emotions change depending on what we're talking about here. You you might go through a myriad of emotions, mm-hmm. but do not live there. Visit. You visit those emotions. Yeah. Those emotions are meant to trigger something so that you can grow. Yes. So that you can evolve, so that you can get safe, but so that you can, you know. Don't get so overwhelmed with them that you can't get your way out. Right. And you don't need to associate every single memory every time that emotion comes up. Now, is it a bad thing to remember those things? No, I was sitting there thinking about the sadness I felt the day Grandma died the other day. And the day that Grandpa Joe died, because it happens to be my wedding anniversary day, too. And... That sadness, through that, I was laughing. You know, I well, was because you I was remembering the... stories. Yes. I was remembering Grandma just could not believe I was going to get married the day the anniversary of Grandpa's death, and she swore I was going to. You're going to regret <laughs> it. He has kids, <laughs> and I don't regret a minute of it. But I just laughed because, in her mind, she was just so terrified for me. Oh, Grandma and, always was. And it wasn't stuff. that she didn't like TJ. She, she'll she tell people that's what it was because she didn't like any of her husbands if he asked her. But Well, she was so mad at Grandpa for leaving her. She was. But she really loved them all because yeah. she always had great stories about all of them no matter what. But she was so scared for us. Oh, yeah. That it was just easier to avoid love and being in a relationship in her mind. Well, and she had so many traumas. She she so, had a hard time getting past her own trauma uh-huh. to see that there could be good, too. And then when she finally mm-hmm. was happy, Grandpa was, died yeah. pretty young. I mean, it was pretty quick. You know, and she felt... I, I mean, I get well, it. Let's I, see. Mom was, what, 30? I was an adult. I was 17, I think. So Mom would have been, like... You were 17. So Mom would have been 27. 30. Or, no, I'm 27. 37. <laughs> 36. So, yeah, so she was about our age, yeah, and I mean, TJ and I have only been married 12 years, yeah, so. And that was Grandma's third husband, so I don't know how long they could have been married. Right. In any event, she was mad that he left. Yeah. She finally found her happiness, and she didn't get to keep it. So her fear and trauma from relationships she pushed onto us, I do, I I don't know that for sure. She's not here. I think she died the day before their wedding She died the day of their wedding Was it the day of or the day? It was the day of. I remember in the same, and not in the same house, but in the exact same spot of the house. Yeah. Yeah. So Weird. Anyway, so I I was sitting there and I went through that emotion of, did I really mess up having my wedding anniversary on this day? No, because Grandpa only died one day. He lived all the rest. And I'm telling you just like this myriad of memories of laughing and, you know, Grandma throwing a Barbie doll at Grandpa's face one Christmas for him telling an off-color <laughs> joke or something that she didn't really approve of about women, I think. Um, and then just like all these memories came flooding back, and I was laughing. So it's not a bad thing to allow those emotions to come no, up. No, it's not. And those memories to come up. But you need to let them lead you and not be there continuously in them. Yeah, no, you know? because when I die... It's going to happen. 
I don't want people to think about me being dead and be just sad all the time. How about all the days I lived? Please, yeah. for the love of God, try to think of something fun I did. You're going to think <laughs> of the one time I died? I did all this other crap. I mean, I'm doing stuff that's, all the time. Right. That's so true. <laughs> Jesus, right. get past it. We are going to jump into our outside of the box for emotional health, since we've been all over this topic and off of this topic ten times. Um, so today, as we were starting, this is what I was thinking. For outside the box thinking for emotional health, think about, and I talked to two patients about this today, and it's so funny. Think about how your emotional health affects your fight or flight response and regards to adrenaline and cortisol levels and what that does to your physical health. So constant stress hormones, adrenaline and cortisol. So you have like a, a robber in your house. Suddenly your adrenaline peaks up, alerts you to the robber. You feel something's not right and you get in fight or flight mode. Well, cortisol kicks in and helps keep you there, right? And then adrenaline kind of goes away quick um, after the initial action. And cortisol keeps you there and keeps you pumped up after the cops have arrived. And then you're telling friends three days later because your cortisol is still going, right? Yeah. So when you are emotionally unhealthy and you are constantly kicking that fight or flight response in with anxiety and oh you never get rid of that cortisol you never so it can take it can take hours after cortisol hits right for it to drop yeah. so if you have 3 episodes of anxiety a day you're probably keeping your cortisol level up for 24 48 hours so if you are constantly in and out of that fight or flight response and trigger then guess what's that that's doing to your weight and your inflammation in your body so not just think about how emotional health can trigger the inflammation, the tension for women specifically in your thighs, your hips, your lower back, and your neck. Not to mention the vascular constriction it can cause and vascular inflammation, which can lead to cardiovascular disease in your life. Hmm. So, and inflammation leads to autoimmune disease. It's related to them. It leads to diabetes. It leads to IBS, gut health issues. So, and then you have dumping because what happens in fight or flight, you don't need those defecation. You don't need the voiding that you would normally do. So, what do those organs do? They slow down, shut down because you don't need them right away, which is why people sometimes say it scared the shit out of them. Yeah. Because it literally did. Your fight or flight kicked in. You don't need that poop stored. It's gone. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Let's lose some weight real quick so yeah. we can run fast. So, think about that as you're thinking about your emotional health because there's a lot of people that don't even think about their emotional health. Because they're so numb to it. They're so numb to that emotional response. They try to avoid it that they have no idea what it's doing to their physical health. So that's that my outside, outside of the, the box. box. Anyway, thank you guys for listening. This has been another episode of Life in All Chapters. If you would like to reach out to us on social media, we have our Facebook platform. Uh, we have our email that I don't check nearly enough, so I'll get back to you soon. Yeah, so that's Brandy at Life in All Chapters or Amanda at lifeinallchapters.com. So feel free to reach out to us. Um, we appreciate our listeners, especially those in America and Belgium. Belgium is yeah. a huge, hey, 
huge population for us. So we're excited to have you guys listening. Feel free to reach out and we hope that you have a wonderful and happy and healthy day and evening.